Hey everyone, welcome to one of our first episodes here at Mindful Teen. I'm your host, Michaela, and this is my friend here, Tristan. Hello. Hi, I'm really glad to have you here with me today. All right, so what we're talking about today is alone time, which all of us know really well, especially the past year because of COVID-19 and the lockdowns that we've gone through. And then escapism, which is a concept I want to talk briefly about, but we're mostly just going to introduce it to you and then go move further on into alone time. So Tristan, um, what made you want to come on here today to talk about these topics? Oh, I think that these two topics, um, when I, you probably, the people that know me, they probably couldn't tell now, but when I was a lot younger and growing up, these two things were things I used to really shield myself from life. And I kept, I was in this process of always um, being by myself whenever I had the chance, rather than trying to get out and explore new ideas, meet new people, things like that. And I think it really hindered my ability to um, just be a more open person and being able to just go out in life and kind of just be, as not a better person, but more of just uh, a more welcoming person in that case. Yeah, you. I've known Tristan for a while now, and he is a very kind and selfless person. So uh, that's great. I'm glad you find these topics interesting, and hopefully we'll get through some good stuff today. So I actually wanted to talk about escapism first because it's more of a concept that we're going to implement into the discussion today. Um, not as not as extensive as a long time. Anyway, so for those of you who don't know what escapism is, it is, I mean, it's kind of implied with the word. Escapism is when you divert your mind from reality just in general. So um, when you read a book, when you listen to music, when you binge watch a TV show, um, there's lots, if not thousands of ways to escape reality. And it's a normal thing, which everybody does, but the main thing we want to talk about here is that there's healthy doses of escaping reality, and then there's too much of, of avoiding reality. And also, my listeners, uh, please avoid these following practices of escapism. One, abusing drugs or alcohol. Of course, us here in Mindful Teen are very opposed to that, and... Two, um, when you're behaving, if you ever behave like someone else or are pretending to be someone else, um, that's not healthy habit. You need to work on yourself rather than try to become someone else. And also um, avoid any binging or gorging on things. So like eating, overeating comfort food. Um, I know that pretty well. I did do some of that before. Um, These are the three main really toxic negative ways to practice escapism and I encourage everyone to avoid these. But anyway, so escapism, if you emerge yourself too much into something, you are escaping reality way too much and you need to come back and not use it as a mechanism to avoid your problems. So um, Tristan, what do you... What experiences do you have with escapism? Uh, as I said, it happened a lot more when I was younger. 
I had a very hard time making friends just because of uh, my race and how I am from, I have white parents and a lot of people have thought that to be weird that they kind of avoided me a little bit from that. And that's kind of what started me on the path of kind of being on my own and not wanting to go towards people. And mm-hmm. what I had done was I, whenever I was, had even a moment to myself, I put myself away from the world. Like my biggest habit was going on YouTube and just mm-hmm. kind of, I wouldn't come up from my computer or my phone for maybe six hours at a time, just because I was so into that reality instead of trying to be in the reality of like, trying to meet new people or trying to be able to get over the problems I had in life. Instead, Mm -hmm. I put all my focus into a video that I thought would be kind of, uh, I don't know how to word this. I guess it was, was, I put myself in a situation that made me want to go out and meet new people, but I kept watching of ways to do it instead of actually putting myself in the situations Mm. to meet new people. And as that kept going on, I constantly kept going through that cycle of, oh, this is how I want to meet new people. But I got to watch this next episode to be able to understand how I can meet new people instead of actually practicing it with the world. I, oh, yeah, I, I can relate to that, too. Uh, yeah. Over the past, what, in maybe since April or something. I got really into YouTube too and would binge just straight up, just wouldn't get out of bed, uh, didn't have anything to do, didn't have a job yet. And it really sucked me out of reality for sure. And I think when I finally came out of it, which is around when school started, um, that's when I was kind of forced out of it. You know, I had to start focusing on homework and I had to start focusing on socialization. So as soon as that started, I think I finally realized what I was doing. And I was like, wow, I need to be setting these goals. I need to be getting these things done. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's really important. Have you improved a bit on your habits so far with, with like binging or... I would think so. I, I I can tell you the situation where I finally noticed what was happening and how it's been since then. Mm-hmm. So I am currently 19 years old. When I turned around, when I turned 16, I was going into a store with my mom and grandma, and it, it was just a chance going to a store kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're walking around, and we were going to check out, and they were talking to me, and they asked me if I wanted a job. And off a whim, I accidentally, honestly, I accidentally said, sure. And I applied, put myself through all that. And mm-hmm. I was surprised that I got the job. And from that point, I was a cashier. And it got to the point where whenever someone came up to me, I just got this unwieldy nervousness because I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to just kind of do that short interaction and then move yeah. on with it. But the more I went to the job, the more I realized how much I loved being able to just get to know new people and get to know like their stories and just being able to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And by the time I would get home, I would feel this like weird, I'd get this weird feeling of like emptiness of what have I been doing for 
last couple years of my life, I've been mm -hmm. taking all my time to watch YouTube videos where instead I could have been doing what I love, which is being able to make people smile and being able to just interact with other people. Mm -hmm. And then since then, I've always made it a point to like, try to talk to as many people as possible, get to know as many people as possible. And it's hard to escape from escapism, because, <laughs> especially even after I realized it, it took me so long to finally like break my six hour cycles. Now yeah. I'm, I'm still, I still escape from reality a lot of times, but now I don't do it in an unhealthy way. I do it when it's, I do it more of like as a nighttime thing rather yeah. than doing it for a whole day. But like, yeah, it, if anyone is struggling with it, it is hard to get out of, but it just takes dedication and it takes the ability to want to change to be able to start to realize that you need to just get out there and you mm -hmm. just need to start throwing yourself into it and it will be hard and it will have its downfalls but you can always get through it I promise you that thank you yeah I totally I totally side with you on that uh, that reminded me a lot of a realization that came to recently like in the past month or two before I changed schools, I went to a really rigorous school with like lots of homework, lots more assignments, um, a lot of more demands. And I wouldn't have any time to myself at all. So escapism wasn't really like a common theme before I switched schools here, believe it or not. It's crazy enough because I'm more productive now that I've changed schools but before it was it wasn't me practicing like doing escapism with things that I wanted to do it was more like drowning myself in work and every free second I had I was sleeping so like this doesn't it doesn't necessarily relate to like escape escapism in, in its whole but um I only just recently noticed how different and how much better it is to have free time because before I would I would come home after school and I would go upstairs and I would do homework until like six and I would come down eat dinner talk to some people go back up finish an assignment go to bed and on the weekends I wouldn't do any of that fun stuff I would just either sleep in and like sit maybe watch a show but I would never binge so um but now I have I have a job and I have a lot more healthy relationships and I'm I'm making time to like socialize with my family with my little brothers because they're growing up and I I help around the house and it's crazy to see the difference because I was like dude why did I never do the dishes before you know it's Mm -hmm. it's crazy how how things can change and I think I was at a lower point in my life during that time too like because I had no time for socialization or because I had no time to do what I wanted to do I was at a lower point so I would just consume my time with more negative things if that makes sense man it's it's yeah that's crazy it's also weird to think about is like just the way that we became friends. If we were both 
still in our situations of like trying to escape from reality we wouldn't have ever talked mm. like, should, should we tell the viewers how we became friends yeah yeah go ahead um i was being oh what was i doing i was doing the entry fees for a volleyball game or a basketball game i think it was a basketball game yeah yeah i remember i remember i think michaela had only been at the school for about a month and all of a sudden i'm just looking at the door and i see someone's head pop up in the window and they're just <laughs> looking out from the outside and i'm next to someone like oh that's michaela she's new i'm like oh well i waved her down i told her to come in and gladly she did and she sat next to me i guess i think we talked for about like an hour an hour and a half just yeah but like it was just funny to me that I look over and there's just someone just there, <laughs> just, just in. Wait, was Maya there? Or yeah, was it was Maya. Maya. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was such. It feels like such a long time ago. Yeah, I think I wasn't even. I was fresh. I was like, I was. I like, think it was your first month there. Yeah. It was either the first week or the first. It was the first, like second or first week of school, I think. Mm -hmm. And I had just gotten out of like a bad kind of toxic um, friendship with mm -hmm. like some other people from my old school. And I was, I, I guess I'll fill in the blanks here before I transferred to the school, this school that I met Tristan at, I, and after I went to that really rigorous school, I spent uh, one month online uh, on an online school and it wrecked it absolutely wrecked me in terms of like socialization because they didn't allow us to like actually talk to people and exchange information to interact outside of school so when i met tristan i was starving for some for some <laughs> social interaction so man it's really cool how i how i got to meet you and a bunch of other people it's, yeah. it's just weird that just that little things like that you can always hold on to and it's like it's just it's weird to think like four years ago I would have never reached out like that I would have never even it wouldn't even cross my mind I would even have been doing the ticket sales like I was like yeah. that wouldn't even been something that crossed my mind but now it's like why wouldn't I have like it's literally the like trying to help other people, putting myself in any situation where I can help someone is mm -hmm. what goes to my mind every day now. But before it was always, what can I do to benefit myself? It's like, yeah. looking back at it, I could never imagine myself being selfish anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that comes with, that comes with how we work on ourselves too, because I'm seeing that gradually as you and I both have grown to be like have we we've done more self-growth that we've been able to branch out into these new um, habits and these new feelings and that's really important to remember when you try something new uh there's a lot of things that can come out of it so um but yeah so i think we should start going into the alone time stuff i have a couple statistics here or studies to mention to make sure that this podcast is somewhat credible in terms of scientific discoveries and stuff. So, so I have a study here from 2017 that was posted in the Personality and Individual Differences Journal. The, the study was specifically about 
um, being introverted, being extroverted, and solid solitude. So uh, according to this study, some introverts don't actually, don't necessarily enjoy being alone, and some extroverts sometimes prefer solitude. And I think I wanted to clarify for our listeners is that there is there's a three defining like categories so to speak of solitude so there's those who choose isolation and being alone out of fear or anxiety and that's often associated obviously that's often associated with like um, social anxiety or shyness Um, and then there's there's those who dislike or avoid social interaction in general and just prefer being alone. And then there's those who choose it out of, quote, non-fearful preference. So that's third one is called um, insociability. And that means they don't mind socializing with others, but they experience more positive thoughts, more creativity when they're alone. So that was really cool to learn. I, I tried to immediately sort myself into the three and now I, I really do genuinely think I'm in, I'm in that third category now. What do you think? Where, where do you, where would you lie? I'm not sure. I, I read over these when you said those to me before, but I, as of right now, I can't really think <laughs> of which of the three I fall into immediately. Yeah. Like I, I used to be one entirely. Number two, I think is always is I think everyone gets in that kind of mindset of like yeah. I made plans with someone now I actually have to go through with it and you get that like ugh <laughs> yeah yeah and then the third one I mean I fit kind of in the third one where I I can have positive and negative thoughts when I'm alone mm-hmm. it's it's not more or less between the two and I can be more or less creative with or without people yeah so <clears> if <throat> I have I have to choose I think I guess I fit most into number two just because I don't, it's not that I mostly dislike social interactions, but mm-hmm. if I have to call my doctor or I have to make an appointment for something, I get, you have no idea how upset I get with myself. <laughs> I have to be on the phone with someone. Like, oh. Oh, okay. Now that you're mentioning it, that is totally, and keep in mind, listeners, I'm not literally talking about like every instance. Obviously, there's, um, multiple places all of us interact or interlap not interact um, but yeah I'm the same way like even emailing um, like an office of admissions person or a oh, customer service worst. person I'm like oh I hate this make it be done already so yeah that's it that was interesting to finally kind of see a different perspective of um, solitude so another thought I was thinking after reading these was the first the first one that was talking about choosing it out of fear or anxiety, solitude out of fear or anxiety, I was thinking, well, Western society kind of isolates, self-isolates all those people who prefer being alone out of assumption that they don't like social interaction or they don't like people or you know like that that stigma for people who are shy or just prefer being alone and I think that it's okay being 
like preferring to be alone. I myself, I mean, we're all being forced to stay in our homes anyway, but I'm actually, I don't feel cooped up anymore. I don't feel like I'm in a cage anymore. Back in March, in like a bit over the summer I was, but I'm so used to it uh, that I'm finally finding things that I like to do and finding things that are teaching me new skills. I'm cleaning my house. Uh, I'm reading a lot more books. Um, so I wanted to clarify that there's no right way to take time for yourself, you know? I mean, besides escapism and over, over binging a TV show, there should be many ways that you can find time for yourself. Another thing I wanted to kind of touch on was the difference between alone time and loneliness, because obviously there's already some defining things there, but I wanted to discuss it a little bit so that our listeners have a better idea of when they're feeling down, is this what this means? Or mm-hmm. if they're alone, does that mean that they're lonely necessarily? Um, I don't think so. I think loneliness is a an emotion we get when we're in a low place. But alone time is, it shouldn't be associated with negativity. Uh, what do you think, Tristan? I really think how I always defined it was loneliness. I always thought of like the, if you are alone and you're longing for someone else's presence, I think that was the closest thing to loneliness. Mm-hmm. And alone time is just kind of in that mindset of like, I just need to step away for a minute. Like for me personally, I struggle with large groups of people. So if mm-hmm. I, if I'm talking to like three people and then seven more people come up and join our conversation, that's when I realize I need to kind of just step away because this is the kind of situation that makes me anxious and it makes me kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. So I will take, I'll go on my own for alone time. So I'm not making myself so overly scared or shy kind of thing. Yeah. And there are some situations where um, I, I can say that there's some situations where alone time and loneliness like kind of intertwine. If you, course, yeah. if you go into an alone situation and you want someone with you, that's the kind of situation where they overlap. But there's always that kind of um, place where you can, if you have that kind of problem where you're, they keep coinciding, the best thing, the advice I can give you is try to give yourself a person that you can always communicate with, even if it's just your parents or your close friend. You don't have to have them with you. Mm-hmm. But I, the best way to, um, if you are alone and you are feeling lonely at the same time, the best thing you can do is invite someone to where you're at through your phone or through emails, just so you can keep in the mindset of whatever you need to do by yourself, but you're not being brought down by the thought of being lonely if that makes sense that was yeah that was actually very well put i think it's very important to have someone there even if it's you know it's not physical contact especially now we can't guarantee that these times that special person 
for communication is my mom even though she gets uncomfortable when I say that she's my best friend and my sister sometimes I can vouch for that statement that having that one person that you kind of use as your interaction to the outside world even at least for me that it varies for everyone but she's my outlet of course she's the person who kind of keeps that interaction going so I don't feel I don't I don't fall into the category of feeling lonely if you really don't have that person that's another that's a reason for you to go out and try to find that person so if you are alone you're feeling lonely but you don't have someone to outlet to you can mm -hmm. fill that loneliness void by actively trying to find someone, maybe meeting new people, or maybe that person in the back of the classroom that you never thought you wanted to be friends with, maybe start talking to them. Maybe you guys might find things you have in common. Maybe you'll actually become friends at, at the same time of you being alone. You're filling that void of loneliness by just being able to just talk to more people. Mm -hmm. And then that way, you can benefit from being alone. By the way, Michaela, what are the benefits of being alone? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shameless transition. Tristan and I wanted to give you some quick bullet points of sorts about alone time and the benefits of it. It relieves stress, believe it or not. According to the Solitude Project, it gives time for you to reflect. That is a huge one for me. I'm a super reflective person. That's why I started this podcast, actually. Um, and I'm always, I'm, I'm very introspective. So, yeah, this is the time to take time for yourself to think about something or work something out that's that's been difficult in your life. Taking some alone time is the best way, at least in my opinion, to utilize that time. Practicing gratitude. So, Practicing being grateful for things that you have or people that are around you. I'm very grateful to have friends and a roof over my head, my mom, and increased productivity. This is also from the Solitude Project. When you're alone, you have a lot of open space to think. And as a result of that, you might start to think about, wow, how am I going to fill this space if I can't do this? Well, I'm going to clean my kitchen floor. Yeah, that's I actually did that today. That's why I'm bringing that up. <laughs> you clean your kitchen floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about Tristan? How about you? You cover the other ones. Okay, we are on mental strength, right? Yes. Yeah, increasing your mental strength, that was something I always struggled with a lot when I was younger. I always had the a hard time seeing myself as anything as equal as anyone else in my life mm -hmm. and being able to just kind of think of myself as equal and being able to see myself as an actual person has helped me a lot with life. And I hope it helps you guys with a lot in your life too. Um, you get to do what you want is another thing. You get to just I know a lot of people kind of struggle with being able to truly be themselves around some people. Well, mm. if you're alone, you get to be as wacko as you want. If you want to <laughs> grab a mop, you want to slide across the floor in mm -hmm. an ice ice baby, you do that. Oh, yeah. 
it creates the opportunity to set healthy boundaries. You get to maybe you want to lose weight. Maybe you want to get more sleep. Maybe you, you want to get rid of your zits. Maybe you want to take a nice bath or something. You get to do that when you're alone. Never take baths with someone else. That is my word of advice, okay? Oh <laughs> word. Yeah. And finally, encourage new hobbies. I can actually let you guys in on this. My um, newest hobby is I found out that I actually want to be an entertainer. And I have started off by um, making a YouTube channel and started to sweep, um, stream on Twitch, which mm. I enjoy a lot currently. You can, go plug ahead. Your, you can plug yourself if you want. Twitch.tv forward slash bravery TK all lowercase. Yeah, check them out. And it's like, I've taken a small break from it just for now. I'm still going to yeah. be started again on Monday. But I, when I stepped back from it, all I could think about was, man, what can I do to make everything more entertaining for everyone? Like, it's just, it's fun for me to think, like, ever since I started, all I can think about is how I keep wanting to get back into it and how I, I want to do more. Mm. And I think being able to... Uh, find new hobbies and being able to explore them all is something amazing and i've loved every second of it it's awesome yeah for me i think it was i think it's been reading i was a huge bookworm when i was younger and when i got into middle school it kind of took a dive because of how you know the lack of time i had had to be used up for for school so Mm -hmm. finally now that I have things that are starting to work out for me I've I've been reading a lot more and it's really enjoyable and um, I have created a safe space for me in my house you know like it's it's hard to it's not always easy to find a space in your house or just anywhere in general especially now to to just be yourself or to do something you love. And I encourage some people out here who are listening to stimulate some creativity in your brains and, and rearrange your room or decide I'm gonna go to the library every day to make time for yourself and to do things you wanna try differently or things you're already doing that have picked up pace like Tristan's streaming and YouTube. Yeah, it's, it actually assists a lot, at least from, from our experiences. It really assists a lot in self-growth. I have a, I actually have a quick quote here from, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Maybe I should quick look up how to pronounce her name. Because I don't, Ariadne? Ariadne? Ariadne. 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 So I have a quote here from yoga meditation teacher and life coach Ariadne Kepsali, who said, quality alone time can bring the body back to a calm state, switch off the stress response, and help people connect to their intuition and creativity. We get to, quote, explore what we love, what gives us joy, what inspires us and drives us and that's hella relatable if i do say so myself oh 100 
Uh, and a final thing that I wanted to cover was socialization. So in a situation where you have been invited to go to someone's house or haven't been have been invited to go out to do something with other people, but you had a bad day and you don't want to do that anymore necessarily, but you don't want to come off the wrong way. The best approach to this situation is to be firm, but respectful and considerate, considerate to the person who invited you. I've never had I don't get invited to things very often. So. Oh, don't say like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I can't relate to this personally, but um, I can relate to it when I have to go to family gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you relate to that too? Yeah. I Having such a large family, whenever I hear the one is coming over, that means that all of them are coming over. So uh, I guess the best advice I can give you on top of Michaela's is just be politely truthful. And I say politely very, I stress politely a, a lot. Because yes. there is a difference between being truthful and being disrespectful about it. Like, for example, if someone invited you to a birthday party and you say no because I don't like you, don't, mm. that's just, that's going too far. Yes, you can. You can honestly just say no, thank you, and that covers it. That was polite, and you got out of it. Just, just please always remember to be respectful of other people's feelings, because you you don't always know what's going on in their life, and you don't always know how they might feel about it. So mm-hmm. as long as you, I say, as long as you are politely truthful with what you want to do, then I feel like it's always okay, even if it something does go wonky if that made sense Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that goes both ways with being the person who's inviting someone and being the person who's being invited yeah um whenever those interactions come up I I encourage all of you to make sure there's there's those boundaries and the the respectfulness of declining or accepting so we have a couple tips that we want to share with you guys in regards to these topics um, that are mindful, key word, mindful tips. So the first one we'll talk about is escapism. This is create a list of things you're ignoring or trying to avoid. And that can be either big things or small things. Procrastination is something that is really difficult to get out of, but as long as you are mindful that you have it and you start putting yourself towards wanting to get them completed, you should be able to um, get out of that aspect of being a procrastinated person. Mm. The second thing on the list is congratulate yourself every time you address a problem or a challenge. It can be giving yourself some flowers or buying that really expensive watch you want on your mom's credit card. No, I actually don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's sometimes it's the little things that count. And if you have, if you're able to like give yourself some kind of 
um, congratulations for it, you're more likely to continue on doing it to get that reward. Mm. And finally, be disciplined with your breaks. That is the biggest thing that some people struggle with. You always got to, I would say, give yourself kind of a time frame. And I don't know how you feel about it, but when I was younger, if I missed that time frame by a minute, I would make a new time frame that was farther after and I'd keep doing that. Just just don't do that. It, it makes yeah. everything a lot harder. Yeah. But if, as long as you keep to a time, you, sh- you will be all right. I promise you that. Yeah. And I would, I would say, I would add on to that, you know, it depends on how detail oriented one can be myself. I'm not, I'm very detail oriented, but not to the extent that I'm going to say, okay, after seven o'clock, I'm, I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to stop doing this. Like if there's a block in the day, <laughs> <laughs> Like if there's a block in the day that you can uh, be disciplined to say, okay, I'm going to stop doing this in between this and this, then you're on track. For me, for the reward, I finished my driving test today. And as a reward, I bought myself a new book. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. You know, it's baby steps, guys. It's baby steps. It honestly is because my reward is I have a huge Kit Kat thing that, from Christmas and I give myself one thing every time I complete something. I washed oh. four dishes yesterday and I gave myself four mini Kit Kat bars. I'm not even joking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I did something and I got the reward for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. I've been, this is not related, but I'm, I've been kind of losing my mind because there's no chocolate in this house. <laughs> But we went shopping today and I found one piece of chocolate. So I ate that. Um, so that's good. That was a reward for enduring that shopping trip with my mom. Because it usually <laughs> takes a really long time. So. I endure the shopping trip. I deserve <laughs> chocolate. Yes. So I, I didn't realize until now how similar procrastination and escapism are. But at the same time, tie together. Like, yeah, that's the first time I've like made that connection. Um, and then some. He, I have a quick little thing to. I have a okay. So I'm gonna say that. <laughs> and then mindful tips for alone time. This is this first one is gonna be a quick suggestion. All of this is suggestions to you guys, guys. I just said guys, guys twice. All of this is a suggestion to you guys, if you haven't figured that out already. Um, In a 2005 study called Advances in Psychiatric Treatment, um, the study was conducted on reflective writing. And the outcome of this study was writing 15 to 20 minutes, three to five times every week about emotional, stressful, or traumatic events actually improves one's physical and psychological health and I have done that myself because I am a I am a reflective person but uh, I'm also a writer not an avid writer but I do write to get things out remember things or memorize things so this this would actually benefit me benefit me a lot more 
than it probably would another person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I used to, whenever I was, I think in middle school, I would find a piece of paper and just go to town about something I was really pissed off about. And then I would crumple it up and throw it in the trash. <laughs> and it was out. It actually went out of my head. It was, it's, it's actually really cool. Even that's not related to this study because they're talking about just journaling, but that was my physical representation of an idea, bad idea, yeeting itself out of my brain. I did the same thing. I can, I cannot tell you how many um, journals. And if you can't see, I did journals with quotation marks. I've made, (laughs) I have like seven books where I have two pages of just me, any kind of issue I had at that moment, I just wrote about, never touched them again, never thought about them again. I just, like, as soon as they were written, I just felt better because they were something I pent up for however much time. Mm-hmm. Then they were just, they were just there. I had, even if it was just myself, I had someone that I told. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't so longer something I was pent up about. It was something that was out of me my journal stole my soul and that's what made me happy. <laughs> yeah, oh man. And the other thing is I I wanted I want to just quick remind everyone that that journaling and like keeping a diary is not some like don't immediately think of the cliche thing about some girl writing all her feelings down in a diary and then getting it stolen and read. Like that's that comes out of the really cliche, like, high school stories out there. But I want to clarify that having a journal or a diary is not that bad. And you need to try to not think about that stigma. Because I feel I feel like there is a stigma. At least when I started to think about writing, like, journaling every day. Like, more frequent than, you know, every once or twice a month it's really important to remember that it's for your it's for your mental health and it's not going to be used against you you can like i said you can literally tear it out after you're done and throw it away i mean recycle it because it's paper and that's a better thing to do (laughs) we are a green podcast uh, yes we are literally that's in we have green colors in our logo so Yes. Anyway, I I want to make sure all of you understand that, that it is to benefit only you, you know, and there's going to be, there would be difficulties probably in someone who has a really busy schedule. But if you're able to have a busy schedule, that means you're able to block out time for certain things. So you are definitely capable of sitting down for like three minutes every day and starting with that you know for some people they probably write really slow so that wouldn't work realistically um but for me i i do have a schedule but it's a lot more lax than that so i i advocate for this writing down feelings thing very much and the other thing is to remember that the best way to come to terms with having alone time or 
getting rid of the the sadness the initial sadness of being alone is to practice alone time and get used to the feeling and remind yourself while you're doing it that you're not alone alone you shouldn't be feeling lonely because you do have people and things that you love that are around you but you also need to remember that you need time for yourself in order to balance out your emotions and to make sure you're staying healthy so the best way to improve your alone time is to practice doing that all right so thank you guys we'll wrap this up thank you for listening in this is actually our first episode on mindful teen here very excited that this ran as smoothly as it did thank you tristan for tuning in and just having this time with me i really appreciate it thanks for having me tune in next week guys um we will i will have a different guest on here to be determined you you'll just have to come and see and we will talk about some more things and more mindful techniques so see ya be nice to your neighbor (laughs) 